0: Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Cantina Conversation. Today's interview features Ashley Winstead. We're welcoming her back for a second time on the show. The first time we talked about her book, The Last Housewife, which was a thriller. This time we're talking about The Boyfriend Candidate. It comes out on May 9th. That is um, a romance novel. Interesting because those of you who have read um, one of her other romances, fool me once. This book is actually set in the same uh, universe as her previous work. And, and I also really appreciated Ashley's authenticity when we get into, um, you know, a little bit more uh, personal, more serious topics. But I'll let you guys get into it. Here's Ashley Winstead.
1: Today we've got Ashley Winstead. We're welcoming her back for a second Cantina Conversation with us. Today we're talking about The Boyfriend Candidate, which comes out on May 9th. Right. It does. Yes. Oh, wow. So close. Thank you, Ashley. Welcome back. I love this story. I I sucked it in in like a day. Like I powered through it in like less than a weekend. It was just I mean, I I, I had one of those rare moments where or days where I didn't have a whole lot to do. So it was just easy to like, that was my day. (laughs) But it was so easy to just. I just wanted to finish it. I wanted to. I wanted to know how you know Alexis's and, and Logan's story was going to turn out, and um, you made it so relevant too to like current events and all that good stuff. So
2: um, I'm excited to to chat today. Thank you. I am so happy to be here, and like I think my heart just grew like three sizes. So for listeners, I'm grinning ear to ear. Oh yeah! <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so happy you liked it. How was the rest of your um?
1: Did you stay the whole weekend at the C2E2? I stayed through Sunday. Um, oh, yeah. So I, uh, yeah. Cause I know it's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
2: Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. and just soaked it in. Yeah. <laughs> like, Watch did uh, like the best people watching I'll probably ever get to do.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why we, <laughs> with my kids, I give them an excuse to bust out some, get some money's worth out of the Halloween costumes. <laughs>
2: yes. Oh, it's such a good idea. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. I will say like, after the book signing on Saturday out on the floor, the source books, my publishing team was like, okay, you know, you're done for the day. So like, feel free to wander around. And I was like, cool, (laughs) I'm gonna go back to my hotel for a second. And it took me like, an embarrassingly long time to make it out of the show floor.
1: Oh, because you kept like getting distracted. (laughs)
2: Both distracted and just sheer lost. Like, it was just so massive. And I was like, wait, have I seen these people before? Um, Did I turn left last time? Yeah, I was like trapped in there.
1: Oh, gosh.
2: It's so
1: funny. No, I think because they like, you know, I I try to go every year. And so I think it's, I'm just used to the layout. So it took, it did take me a while because it depends on like, if I go see a panel, I'm like, wait, can I get up there from here? Wait, where am I? Like, where? Yes.
2: It is confusing. That's the one thing I would change is like having giving myself a map or something of like the entire like hotel or conference center. Right. Right. But yeah. Massive.
1: Yeah. Because then did you stay at the McCormick Hotel? I stayed.
2: Yeah. I stayed at the Hyatt one. I think there's like right. a few attached. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I stayed at the the Hyatt. And so there was like this long mm. um, walkway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did, when I got in on Friday, I tried to walk it from the hotel. Yeah, and I tried to walk it and I got utterly lost. And I was like, well, I'm just going to pray that I figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So fun, yeah,
1: though. the McCarvey place is huge. So it it's so easy because there's like, I think there was like another, at least one other like conference or event going on at the same time. So it's unless you... Know the layout of the entire facility, like it's so easy to to like not find the sign that you're looking for to tell you where you need to go. It's oh, it's yeah. ridiculous.
2: That was me, just like wandering around, completely lost, but smiling at everyone because I was very excited to be there. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so just like. This- weird looking woman who's like blindly like smiling at everyone while wandering. That's so um, funny. Well, anyway, I'm glad you
1: figured yeah. it out and
2: Yes. It's like, you I, know, I if you out. come
1: back to another C2E2, like you'll you'll have the lay of the land. Oh,
2: I'll be a pro. Yeah. Though yeah. pretty much all I want to do, I decided, is sit in the bar of the Hyatt. That's like really close to the um conference center because so many people in their costumes are just sitting there having snacks having drinks and that to me was the most fun I would just (laughs) like that's where I'd spend my time if I could go back just sit there and watch because okay you know in the Star Wars movies uh, it's like in every Star Wars movie there's at least one scene of like that bar or that jazz club or something where um, all the different aliens from different planets have, are gathered and everyone. That is what I felt like. I was like in a scene like that with all the different. That's so uh, fun. <laughs> yeah. People. And I was like, okay, all my dreams are coming true. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. Entertainment
1: bingo almost. Like who- <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Just like the most elaborately dressed person who is dressed like some sort of creature. Just filling up their water you know uh-huh. very regularly like taking a bite of a of you know a french fry and i'm just like okay this is very cool
1: i know it's so because people they commit they go for it and it's oh, so yeah. it's so fun to like see all that you know and it's like and it, i do the same thing with my kids like oh do you see woody do you want to take a picture with woody Like, do you see pikachu
2: like things it's really cute oh it's that would be so fun for them i think i would have liked fainted as a kid yeah right like, yeah, to walk around and, and see all that I was, yeah
1: yeah it is a little tricky, yeah because we just have to be careful because like they get they might get tired of walking and the two-year-old is definitely like he does not he's not about the stroller anymore he's like oh. absolutely not i'm a big boy i want to walk yep. around like independent so, yeah yeah and so it's um but no they were they were pretty good i think it just got tricky when you know we we allow them to get like one toy each uh-huh. that was like when it was like they just wanted everything <laughs> we, so cute Like, a pick out one one you know yeah. and then the two-year-old's like what you know and so like okay pick out pick out a toy for your brother he's not paying attention <laughs> <laughs> like so sweating so, like, the decision i know oh. right it's like oh, like what so yeah no that's <laughs> that's great i'm glad that you had like a, a good experience because yeah we you know we try to go and the only the only nightmare is like parking and so i think public transit is the way to go unfortunately Cause it was like, it was a day I swear, like it was, it was just like a trip just to wait to park. It was horrible, but um, it's like either you go like first thing in the morning or I don't know. I don't know how to avoid that. I think it's just part of the day.
2: I'm so glad I didn't, I was staying at the hotel and didn't have to worry about parking because my editor was almost late for our Mm. meeting because she was just like, I'm so sorry. Literally. I'm just trying to park for like, yeah. An hour. Yeah. Was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah.
1: That's why we drove because we had a little one. So, but now that they're going to get a yeah. little older by next year, hopefully we've taken public, public. transit won't be a big deal. Yeah. I feel like it, you catch the vibe by the cover, you know, and, and yeah. I think, I don't know how the cover artist or whoever you went with it, managed to make like a cartoon very very good looking like sexy it's like
2: yes what is people skill, see that right? they're like oh like <laughs> i know okay so Hattie, i have to shout out the cover artists because they're incredible hattie windley um mm-hmm. she is a scottish based um illustrator and we actually worked with her for some of our swag too um and she just i sent her my fan cast I don't know. Is it fan cast? If the, if it's like the writer or like, oh, inspiration, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> like, I sent her. So I sent her, of course, like Brett Goldstein's image mm. for Logan, AKA Roy Kent mm-hmm. on uh, Ted Lasso. And then Alexis Bledel for Alexis. Um, so I, I was like, this is kind of how I was picturing the characters looking in my mind. And she just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's so talented.
1: Yeah, and it's so funny because I don't know how t- tall Roy Kent is, but Alexis also uh, Brett Goldstein. But um, Alexis, your character Alexis, she's <laughs> she looks like she's tall too, just by like the cover, like she can yeah she she fits up there, like not just you know when they cuddle, she's not like reaching up there to <laughs> oh
2: yeah to fit you in. Know, I think because I'm a tall girl um, myself at five nine. All my characters, I just tend yeah. to like make them tall girls. I, I like it. And no, I I love it. Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm like 5'3 on a good day. So it's like, there's just <laughs> on a good day. I, yeah. I, I really like, I think technically I'm 5'2 and 3 quarters. So I just say 5'3. Like, yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know. I want to say it, it kind of varies sometimes, but I, you know, a lot of women in entertainment tend to be either one or the other, like either yes. really tall, like model esque or model adjacent yeah. or just like tiny. And there's not a whole lot of in between. So it makes sense that, you know, because Alexis Badell, isn't she
2: like tiny? She's short, right? I think she's tiny. Yeah. And I yeah. actually think Brett Goldstein might be on the shorter side too, but I it's was hard like. hard to tell okay. because yeah, it is hard yeah, to tell. I do
1: watch Ted Lasso and he doesn't look like he's that short compared to like uh, Jason Sudeikis and yeah, the other actor, true. Coach Beard. He looks like he's up there like six footish. I don't know. I have As, to go- Google So it.
2: I, when I worked in, um, I worked very briefly in the TV industry, like in between graduating from undergrad and then going back for more in grad school. Um, and one thing that shocked me was really how small, I know this is like a very, people say this all the time, but I didn't really believe it, but yeah, how small so many actors were Yeah. Um, and, and male, male actors, especially just like, wow. Okay um small miniature and beautiful <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know, like absolutely gorgeous good looking human beings right um, right so and i will say one thing is in romance um there's kind of a stereotype um of like all romantic love interests are like super large guys you know it's in in male female love interests Stories, but like the the male love interest will be like six foot four and you know broad as a house and blah blah blah, Um, and the uh, female main character will be like absolutely tiny and you know can be like tossed around and i was like i've never been able to relate to that (laughs) i I don't know what that experience is like (laughs) so i have
1: to write you kind of do see that a lot no but that's funny because someone from like your point of view you're like no i'm because like you see the world almost at their level. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: I'm like up here with y'all. Um yeah. I don't know you could not toss me like 100% could not be tossed. Um so yeah, we're going to we're going to write from that perspective. There you go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I do like the idea of like a a tall a tall woman kind of just like, you know, cuz I I feel like she Alexis strikes me as someone who's like not I don't know cuz you know, we can go into it, but she like eases into like the role that she finds herself in. She finds yep. that she's like a natural in um some of these like situations and speaking yeah. in front of groups and stuff like that. But I feel like if she were shorter, she might have a little uh, bit of struggle, like commanding that space. I think it's definitely, Ooh. you know, easier, maybe a lot, not easier for her, but maybe it, it's because, because that's what I see. Like a lot of like tall men, like mm-hmm. a lot of successful men are taller and, or it's yeah. easier for them to like command attention to command the room. And that's that
2: so, such a good point about command of space. It yeah. To height. Yeah. That's really yeah. Cause otherwise
1: like um smaller women, it's like, I don't know if they're smaller, and they have that personality that like the attitude of commanding that space. And it's like, yeah. Oh, she's feisty. She's a little firecracker. It's like, I don't know what you'd be saying that if she was inches taller. I don't know. That's like- a
2: great point. Yeah. No, no one would use such like diminishing language of like feisty. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Pros and cons to being, <laughs> um, to, to being tall and short. As, right. As, <laughs> as, women. as women, you're just, you know, like, you're doomed if you if you know no matter what height you are I guess yeah I yeah this was just own it
0: <laughs> just yeah exactly it.
1: um so do you want to give like a little summary of um the book so people can follow along with the conversation
2: yeah so um this book the boyfriend candidate is my follow up it, it lives in the same universe as my first romance fool me once um and each book is about um, one of the two different Stone sisters. So Fool Me Once, my first book was about the older sister, Lee Stone. And now this book is about Alexis Stone, her younger sister. And while Lee um, is like bold and she's this politician and in book one, she passes this major piece of legislation. Um, her in it, the, her sister, Alexis, is like kind of the opposite in that she is... Um, like many of us, um, very introverted, prefers um, the company of books really, to other people. <laughs> um, it's like write what you know, right? Yeah. Um, and and, you know, struggles actually in a way her older sister doesn't with a lot of self-doubt. And, um, really this feeling like she hasn't found her place in the world Mm -hmm. and hasn't figured out what she was, um, what she's meant to do and hasn't really like built herself a community. And she's, so she's looking at her older sister, watching her older sister do all of these things, admiring her older sister, but also feeling like, okay, she's so good at it. What's wrong with me? And so one of the things that Alexis, we opened the book with Alexis tackling one of the areas in which she feels she's fallen short. <laughs> and that is um, she was dumped recently um, by an ex-boyfriend who told her that she was mousy and bad and timid in bed and like, oof, ouch. Yeah. Um, That is such a blow. And Alexis is like both humiliated by this, but also like, okay, well, if this is true, which, you know, she's she is so kind of full of self-doubt that she allows herself to believe it. It is true. Mm. Um she's like I've got to fix this. I've got to spice up my life, be adventurous, go out and I'm going to do this by having my first one night stand. Is her solution <laughs> to this problem of like, you know, revamping your life and being this new, bold, spicy Alexis. And of course, it doesn't really go so well. <laughs> and she's like has not uh practiced or developed this muscle. Um but um after a little bit of disaster, she ends up asking a man to drink, who had kind of like stepped in and and helped her with a creeper situation. And his name is Logan. And they actually hit it off, spend all night together, kiss, and lo and behold, she is going to get this one night stand. Unfortunately, a freak lightning storm (laughs) catches the hotel on fire um, in in the rush out. Alexis sprains her ankle. So Logan does the gentlemanly thing and scoops her up, carries her down. They burst out onto the street and with Logan carrying her and all these cameras start flashing and Logan takes off, leaving a very confused and bewildered Alexis, who only days later realizes when the photos go viral on the internet That he's taken off because he is none other than Logan Arthur, the Democratic gubernatorial candidate for Texas. Mm -hmm. And these spicy, suggestive photos of the two of them together could sink his campaign to be the next governor. Um, And so she accepts a request from his campaign to pretend to be in a serious relationship with him to kind of like save his reputation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that is my that is my high stakes, politically tinged kind of fake dating story. And of course, I think the most important thing for me is not just like the fake dating aspect, but that throughout the course of this book, Alexis comes to find, like you were saying earlier, her space and her voice, and none of it is easy. Mm -hmm. um the way it never is for us introverts um but she's doing it and she's making strides
1: yeah i that's what i liked about her i could relate because she kind of does it because she has to almost like she 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 develops those skills because she's put into situations where she it's kind of forces her to and i think a lot of people can relate to that it's like it really is like, like, fake it so you make it.
2: Like, it's, exactly. It's that is, go that with is her it. ethos. <laughs> yes.
1: Yep. It's like, just go with it. And she, yeah, and she does. And that's why I kind of like, it's not just like the fake dating trope. It's like, you, you, you develop it into like, well, there's so much growth, you know, yeah. there's just so much growth where it's not just, you know, and she didn't grow because, oh, she was already set out to like change, to grow, like, before she meets him, she was like, no, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna have a one night stand. This is gonna set me apart. This is gonna spark my, you know, my bold
2: new self. (laughs) Yep. Take no prisoners. I'm gonna be like, at least I can fix one thing. (laughs) Yeah. My my sexiness. And then behold, here she is in this. I know, right? It's Yeah. That's where I was just like, oh,
1: girl, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. then, I know. I was like, okay, well, yeah, go for it. What, how's this going to turn out? Like, what, <laughs> like, what are you going to do?
2: And uh, she tries so hard, but she also um, had that voice of doubt um, who can't believe that anything good could happen to her mm. really, because she's had some, some disappointments and knocks in her life. That's a really strong voice in alexis's ear and that really keeps her from like growing herself and growing with logan or like having this connection with logan so um a theme in all of my books whether they're romance or thriller is like that the hardest antagonist that you have to confront and conquer is actually inside your own head Mm -hmm. um And so that's, that's kind of like the theme I keep finding myself returning to, you know, I'll, I'll even think as I set out to write a new book, like, oh, this is completely new territory I'm diving (laughs) into. (laughs) Like it's going to be so unlike the rest of them. And then halfway through writing it, I'm always like, oh, damn it. (laughs) It's the same same thing. I'm really stuck on this idea, I guess.
1: Yeah. But you know what? I feel like this is just like part of the human condition, right? Like so many people have you know, they're their own worst enemy where they're kind of like how you said that self-doubt is just so, it's just so common. And so I think it's, it's just a testament to like, what's, what's a hit with people, like what resonates with people? You know, I think a lot of, cause you have like a lot, kind of like a loyal fan base, a loyal reader base. And I think a lot of it is because not just like your writing style and and your ability to kind of like just craft these stories, but also just, um, developing characters that, just re- their situations maybe not so much but like they, at least their their way they handle it the situation yeah. just resonates with with them you know
2: thank you that's yeah. really that's really lovely to hear oh um, yeah of
1: course so this was like kind of like your first book that you kind of is written in the same universe as like a previous work right so how did yeah. that go like how because <laughs> you write romance and then you write thriller like very like you know, opposite sides of, uh-huh. of the spectrum here. <laughs> so how did that kind of like, you know, you did, you tapped back into romance, but you also kind of tapped into something the same world that you were familiar with. So how did that, like the, how did that experience go for you? Were there any big lessons yeah. learned?
2: Uh, yeah. You know, I was so nervous about it um, because like you said, all my books are standalones and while that comes with the burden of, okay, I have to create a new, you know, universe and a new, new set of characters. It's also a freedom because I get to start from scratch. Um, when starting The Boyfriend Candidate, being in the same universe, I was like, okay, I have to do something interesting and new with this world that I've already established, this crew of characters. And I like to challenge myself with every new book that I write. I try to like find some craft challenge or some emotional or psychological challenge to set in front of myself. So that I feel like I'm like constantly learning and growing, hopefully, if I'm able to pull it off. And so for this book, um, I set the challenge for myself of returning back to this world, but making readers feel like since you're you're looking at the same world through a different person's perspective, you're seeing everything fresh and everything Mm -hmm. new. And so one of the ways that I came at that was it was helpful that Lee, who is the protagonist of book one, and Alexis, book two, are such different people. So it made sense that they would like view their this shared world very, very differently and mm-hmm. view all the people in it pretty differently. Um, and so... It was fun for me to kind of come up with like this political world that Lee loves and throws herself into is one that Alexis like loves and is like very, <laughs> very, um, very like reluctant to involve herself in. And she sees all the pitfalls of it while Lee is like seeing all the opportunities. But one big thing for me was that Lee, my protagonist, I made her kind of an antagonist to Alexis in this Mm. book. So she's Alexis's older sister who really thinks she knows best as I'm the oldest sister of four. So I was like, yes, I feel like I can draw (laughs) on my own expertise um, Mm. to, to kind of look at this angle. And so I was also partly inspired to do, to make Lee's character feel a little less sympathetic or maybe a little more is um, she really antagonizes her little sister Alexis and is constantly like prodding her and pushing her. And in Lee's mind, she's doing it for Alexis's, you know, she has the best of intention. She's doing it for Alexis's good um, and pushing Alexis to be more like her and bolder. And um, but what Alexis finally has the guts to, to both realize herself and say to her sister is Mm -hmm. like, look, I don't have to be like you to be perfectly be leading like the perfect life for me. I don't need to be to have a success that looks like yours to be equally successful. And I really liked the opportunity to kind of like show a wildly different side to my the the characters readers might be familiar with, so I hope that that resonates. And I will say this is a little a little tongue in cheek, but a lot of readers loved Lee in Fool Me Once, but it was like more of a 50-50 situation where you meet Lee in, in Fool Me Once and like 50% of readers loved her and thought it was, she was great that she was so bold and unapologetic and 50% of readers were like, oh, you know, yeah. like a very <laughs> unlikable woman who, who is like, you know, has very few regrets and is like very sexually independent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was kind of like, you know what? readers are calling Lee unlikable. Let's maybe like lean into that sure, yeah. in book two and kind of explore that. So that um, that was the, the challenge that made me feel like, OK, I am going to write in this universe, but at the same time, I'm going to kind of recreate it along Alexis's lens. I guess
1: I could see how that's like a, you know, you're you're kind of like double-edged sword. Like, yeah, you kind of get that freedom, but then it's like, you kind of got to look at your notes and be like, Oh, wait a second. Like
2: (laughs) exactly. The amount of times I had to go back to the manuscript and be like, Oh yes, this person is X years old and this is their backstory. And like, (laughs) Oh man, I'm just like limited to all these things I set up for myself in book one. (laughs) Right. I know. Right. Yeah.
1: There you go. It's like you had a, yeah. yeah. Like you said earlier, you got to challenge yourself. Um, But yeah. And, and I like, I, I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get to know Lee yet. Um, I haven't read Full Me once, but I really, I, I don't know. I, I just found it her annoying when it's like some of her things, like her timing was horrible. Like, cause she her was like, was so
2: bad. Yep. But like she mind, was, <laughs> it was impeccable. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, You know, without getting too spoilery, it's like she's trying to set her sister up on a date and it's like, can you, can this wait? Like, can you wait a month? Like, can, you, cause this is, <laughs> way you know risking way too much here and yes and it's like her sister knows she knows better like
2: but it's her older (laughs) sister and she's always followed her older sister believed her older sister's right and in lee's mind she's like you know i um i know best i don't like this thing you you've got going on so maybe i'm gonna like throw some bombs at it with this yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that she does and like, that she does
1: yeah and then poor alexis she's like oh she's stuck between a rock and a hard place
2: with that oh, one yes. for sure always cleaning up lee's antics <laughs> kind of
0: yeah
1: oh but i don't know it, it was kind of like their 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 like relationship is also like how you said like yeah lee's like she she believes she knows best she has like good intentions but it's like like can you just, like back up
2: like, can you
0: back off a
2: little bit? <laughs> yes, and you know? I think that's a a trap that siblings fall into sometimes, and you know, I don't mean to like steal too much from my own my own experience and just like project, but, um, yeah, I feel like that idea that, as the older sibling you know best and you've traveled this world and traveled on a path, and so if you can impart this wisdom to your younger siblings, that's only going to be best for them and they need to do what you are telling them is the right decision. And that's a hard, like, I have found that as, as an oldest sister that that is a really hard muscle to stop exercising, even with my grown up siblings. <laughs> um, and so I definitely was exploring that part of sibling relationships um, with Leon and her sister, Alexis. And I think sometimes it gets even when siblings have experienced trauma together, which the stone sisters have, um, and it's not a spoiler to say that they, um, they lost their father. Mm -hmm. And so when you're experiencing trauma as siblings, I also feel like um, as the, the oldest, like I have found <laughs> that you become even more, pre- you run the risk of becoming even more prescriptive out of like a ramped up desire to take care of your younger siblings and, and heal them and steer them in the right ways. And so I think, you know, Lee for all of her many flaws, including terrible timing, <laughs> um, you know, she's, she comes at it with, with some good intentions. So um, yeah. How many younger siblings that? do you have? I have three, so two yeah. younger brothers and ah. one younger sister. Yeah, well, You're all the and oldest of four. Yeah, that's a handful. Oldest of four. And this yeah. book is dedicated um, both to my father and to my sister, my my younger sister. So I, I joke, my sister's name is Mallory. And from the beginning of writing this, I've told her, this is your book. This is the younger oh. sister book, you know, that sort <laughs> of thing. So um, she loves that. And Alexis is a little bit based on her as a as a character and um she is thrilled when she reads reviews and people are like i love alexis she's so great she's thank you (laughs) that's
1: adorable that's so funny i love that um so i did see like at your uh what was it your your acknowledgments you know, if you don't mind exploring like the parallels, cause I know you said that yeah. you lost your father recently too. So sad. Yeah. So sorry to hear that. Thank and you. I know that um, Alexis, she kind of is dealing with those memories, those emotions still, you know? And I think
0: yeah.
1: um, the grief in general, it comes in waves. So it's like, it hurts for a while for sure. Yeah. Um, so how did, you know, you, but you said that you were already had developed this story yep. while he was still with you, right? Like, I want to explore that a little bit and maybe how you, when you develop this characters based on like on your life and your relationships with your siblings and also like what they went through and what you, you and your siblings eventually went through.
2: Yeah. So I'm about to say it's funny. I guess it's not funny, funny, but it is interesting and strange that I um, started, was really compelled years ago starting in 2020 which is when i started drafting fool me once the first book in mm-hmm. the series to write about a woman who had lost her father um and i uh, lee and alexis the stone sisters have a much more complicated relationship with their dad than i had with my own um, like their dad was a cheater and he kind of abandoned their family and so um first they had like a, a two punches, you know, which is one, his, his betrayal and then his passing, um, in a car accident. But I, I, so I had written this book exploring the grief of losing your father and how that permeates your life and, and sinks into your brain and your heart and colors, um, your ability to have relationships with other people and like trust life to work out and trust love. And So I wrote that book, published it, and was all the way through writing Alexis's book, The Boyfriend Candidate, in which she too, in her own way, is grappling with the the past loss of her father and its reverberations on her heart and mind. And I had just gotten copy edits back on The Boyfriend Candidate when my own father died unexpectedly of a heart attack and just took our entire family completely by surprise And I had, you know, when returning to the boyfriend candidate after months of grieving and putting all my writing work down to attend to my family, it was almost like I'd forgotten that I'd written this story that was so much Mm. about grief. And it was like a process of of discovery and revelation that I had written a woman struggling with the loss of her father the way I now was. Um, And... I did a lot of reflecting on why I'd felt so compelled to, to write this. Um, and I think for a lot of people who have anxiety, like I do, I struggle with anxiety um, and very happily take like medication that's really helped for it. Um, and like to be transparent about that just for anyone mm-hmm. else who has similar similar issues, but I think one of the things you do is you catastrophize and you imagine the worst and you play, play out the worst possible scenarios. And I realized that writing these romances, even though they're cheery and happy in, um, in tone, I was kind of pre grieving a loss that I knew was one day going to come, even if I didn't realize how soon. And I, I, actually felt that to be found it to be enormously helpful. Like I, I was reading my own words Mm. about how grief won't last forever and Mm -hmm. there are paths out of it. And it was like, I was consoling myself um, without realizing it. And um, it just ended up being like kind of a remarkable thing and a, a so copy editing and wrapping this book up was a really important part of my my healing process with my dad so um yeah yeah.
1: I think this was fascinating because you were exploring like that was such a big part of their lives and their experiences and for your characters and for then now you to kind of like unfortunately go through the same thing it was it's I imagine that was where you're kind of like, am I consoling myself right now? Am I just like, yeah, like like in therapeutic in a way, even like before the fact, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is fascinating. I mean, I'm glad like, one way or the other that you were able to, you know, figure it out in your brain, you know, like just to find a way to cope one way or the other that, because like, yeah, you have your family and you guys are all leaning on each other. But like, like at the end of the day almost you're you're with yourself, you know, like you're it's exactly. you in your thoughts in your head and um like you've got you to be gotta right do. with
2: yourself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. find that that way to push forward every single day.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's so much and yeah, and it's stuff like heart I mean obviously the law lo- any type of loss is heartbreaking, but like heart attack it's one of those sudden like yes no, almost no warning, like no you don't warning. see it coming. And no. Yeah.
2: um and that you know i actually <laughs> no, yeah no it's it's i think just the sheer shock of it is is really hard to grapple with but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. death death is always hard with someone yeah loved yeah, ones so not to okay. say any kind of of version of it is worse than a different but no uh, yeah well cause, yeah
1: i mean because i you know just thinking about like okay if if you had a loved one who was like diagnosed with a terminal illness, for example, it's like, that's, that's hard. And maybe it's almost like drawn out, but I think having that shocking, like sudden death, it's like condensed. You're like dealing with all those emotions, like so much more quickly versus like preparing for it over like months or whatever, you know, it's, it's, is a different, like, it's like you said, it's not any worse or better, easier. It's like, it's just different. And it's different experiences. They're tricky. Yeah. Tricky to navigate. And you could be fine one moment, like thinking that you're, you're, you know, done with your grief and then something triggers no, it. She's or, sideways. Yeah. Yep. Where you just like are sad out of nowhere. Like I totally, yep. totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a couple more questions before we wrap up here. I know, like, I feel like I could just, we can have such a long conversation if I let oh it Oh my God, I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, and like wide ranging too. It's yeah, it really like, will. We well, can...
1: Cause I'm like looking at my list of questions and like, I don't know, you kind of like our conversation kind of like weaved in and out of, of what I was going to ask you. So what, um, we kind of talk kind of hopping off of what you were talking about earlier. You talked about like the challenges of, of writing this piece was kind of like having it exist in the same, something you've written before. Um, what, what were like the most enjoyable parts to write about it?
2: Yeah. I, um, really loved writing Alexis um, and Logan for different reasons and alexis because as I mentioned I modeled her off of my younger sister and most of my protagonists I know this is gonna sound so navel gazing and and like narcissistic but I usually will take like some piece of me, especially like a darker piece of me like a maybe like an <laughs> ugly shameful piece that I'm not fully prepared to, or I wouldn't want to say to anyone and then just like make (laughs) it the subject of a book, you know? So I end up (laughs) talking about it. Um, But yeah, that's usually how I'll model my protagonist, especially in thrillers. But for this book, I, it was the first time that I looked at someone outside of myself um, for, for the protagonist and wow, it really brought me this is like a new writing hack for me because I had so much more empathy for her, for my character Alexis because I was looking at her from this outside perspective of like, okay, you're modeled on someone I really, really love. Mm-hmm. And so I approach, I'm, a, I'm approaching you mentally with, as a creator with like a lot of care. And understanding and forgiveness, whereas I tend to be less forgiving if I'm basing a character off some aspect of myself. I'm like, no, she deserves all the, you know, inquisition (laughs) and torture in the world. Uh, She's really suspect. Um, But yeah, so it was really fun to um, write a character that I felt that much like empathy and care for. And then Logan was just so fun for me to write. A, because you know the the reason I came up with him was like, I was like, okay, what if you took Roy Kent from Ted Lasso and made him a like kind of all, British, yes, but like also a Texas cowboy and <laughs> yanked him out of the world of sports and thrust him into the world of politics. Like yeah. what would Roy Kent have to say about the absurdity of, of American politics? Um, and so he's, he's just this, like, firebrand, loose cannon, like, can't stop cursing. And that was so fun for me to write. I really enjoyed writing his character and his reactions to everything. And humor is just a joy for me to write. Yeah. I find it harder than my thrillers, like, absolutely. Because it takes so much more work from me to write a good joke or like yeah. a scene that's supposed to be funny that lands, you know, and actually yeah. like makes readers laugh instead of just yeah. me laughing in my own head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so much harder for me to do that than to be like dark and moody and murderous mm. that comes more naturally to my brain. So, <laughs> but I love the process of writing jokes. So there are a few scenes and, and the boyfriend candidate hopefully is like heavy on the calm part of rom com. I At least, fingers crossed, I hope readers find find it comedic. Um, <laughs> there are a few comedic scenes that I just, like, I had to actually stop writing them a few times because I'm like, laughing too
1: hard. <laughs> so, yeah. There, I can some, imagine you sitting there like, oh,
2: my God, I'm hilarious. Like, what? Are you <laughs> <say>? <laughs> like, that's basically what it is. It's like me sitting alone, actually in this room, yeah. um, being like, oh, my God, I'm so funny. People are going to love that. And then later being like, oh, what was I thinking? Right. Back to the drawing board.
1: <laughs> or like you're waiting for your editor to like. Okay, say, did you find anything funny in
2: there? Like, yeah. like, like waiting like for that I'm through the notes for the little smiley faces, yeah. and you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too too true
1: yeah i know i do because I, lo- I love i love rock and i have a you know one of my tv crushes on him and he's yes. but yeah he's also like at such um like once you get down in there like he's not a, a complete monster like he's oh, uh softy. respectable like yeah he's like yeah i wouldn't mind like like just i think it was like season one was it it was just so like his uh his like you know weekly like reality tv show nights with his like granny group or whatever he's like they don't know who i am and i like turn you know i i I don't have to worry about anything he's like it's just hilarious it's hilarious because like somehow he see you could kind of see him fitting in with that like that that vibe that that night like that type of night that type of entertainment like i love that in
0: season (laughs) one
1: i know but yeah exactly Like he's not a complete like because yeah you you see that like soft side of him and he lets himself be vulnerable for sure so it's definitely like like yeah like he's hilarious but he's also like i i i'm not afraid of him
0: like
2: (laughs) oh right yeah no he's not one of those um famous like alpha romance guys who Mm -hmm. yeah no that is so not my taste or speed yeah um, yeah oh i think not I. To yuck anyone f- else is young um every, you know oh i know right <laughs> it's <laughs> there all good you go. it's all good just not for me yeah you're like no way you do you <laughs> Yeah, exactly you do you if that's what you want then more power exactly so, yeah.
1: no i'm yeah i'm right there with you i think i yeah him him dealing with alexis's mom was was hilarious i think one of my favorites where he's just like, he, we like all Alexis sees is him walking out of the room, like, okay, like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, after, like, like, after the <laughs> strategy bulldozed. meeting, he's just like, oh, like, he... yeah,
2: <laughs> like, cause he, he just, the co- yeah, <laughs> cause match. he's
1: like such a, uh, you know, yeah, like, he's like kind of rugged, but he's like professional and, and he like is good looking and he's smart and he cares, mm-hmm. like, passionate about what he cares about. And, but then, like, to have to take a step back and and used to you know being the on the receiving end of some direction, it's it's hilarious. I just, I, <laughs> just like oh, like okay. I'm so
2: happy. <laughs> I loved writing the shelter scenes. That was, yeah, that was really fun.
1: I mean, just yeah. Like now we need to see Roy Kent in a room with puppies. And just...
2: <laughs> Someone told me that there's like an interview series that Buzz. I didn't know this oh, prior to yeah. writing this this um, scene or this book. But apparently there's a BuzzFeed interview series where they sit down actors and cover them with like puppies or kittens. Yeah. I think I've seen a couple of Yeah. I am like going down this rabbit hole soon. Yeah. Right. For myself. Like who,
1: yeah. Like who have they and done that I haven't seen yet? Like, you know, who are they trying to get? Like, who's on your list? Go do
2: it. <laughs> I, and I I will petition for Brett Goldstein to yeah. be on the show if he isn't already absolutely so love to see
1: that but like I know. in
2: characters roy can right.
1: <laughs> i know <laughs> it's funny when i see him like do normal like press like interviews and he smiles so much and i'm like this is i'm like he's, he's gorgeous but it's like well this yeah. is like it's so different like i feel like yeah. i'm seeing that different side of of him as a yeah. person <laughs>
2: if you're anything like me you're like no back to scowling
1: that's <laughs> what amazing. i want to see back to that girl <laughs> like he's never
2: allowed to break character right <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so what what advice do you have for Le- alexis what advice do you have for logan
2: Ooh, that's such a good question okay so um i gave alexis a lot of advice in writing this book because i i had her grow um so this is kind of me cheating but i'm just gonna steal a little bit from the book and just um say like so alexis is afraid of kind of taking up space um, mm. because she's, she's worried that she's going to do it wrong. Um, and I, you know, and like be a failure. And I would tell Alexis, like, literally everyone is in your exact same shoes. Like no one feels like they um, know what they're doing a majority of the time. And if they do, they're probably a little bit suspect, you know? <laughs> um, and so just like, it's life is all about taking risks and um and also you know Alexis is trying really hard to fit herself into a box that she doesn't fit in it's like round peg square hole sort of situation and um I have talked to so many other people especially women who feel like they've grown up and I share this myself they've grown up feeling like they know what it looks like to be successful, like in their career successful with like their families or in love or their appearance or all these things, because there are such clear instructions given to women about Mm -hmm. what success looks like. And you got to toss all of that aside. That's just going to make you absolutely miserable. um, Unless you are one of those people who just is like, so basic that you fit it all, you know, perfectly without deviation. (laughs) And like, that's not fun. That's kind of boring. Um, so yeah, basically throw out all of those should, should, must have to, um, feelings and just figure out what feels good and right and comfortable to you. Um, that's my advice for Alexis and for Logan. Um, you know, I'd probably tell him, and this is something he kind of learns in the book too, but I would tell him that, um, he struggles also with trying to fit himself into the mold of, of, um, someone he just really isn't. Um, though he's, he's like less successful at masking (laughs) than, than Alexis is. Um, so I would just say to him, like, figure out where in the world your unique talents and personality and perspective is going to be most suited like where are people going to appreciate about you the things that you are worried about you know because there's always like if you're to this or to that guess what there's like a swath or section of the world That's going to love those things about you that you're Mm -hmm. thinking are, you know, maybe downsides to your personality or (laughs) whatever. So that's I would I would say, like, don't stop searching until you find your your place.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's great. No, And that's perfect, too, because I think maybe that's part of it, like why they get along that why they resonate with each other, because they're both trying to fit into a space that maybe isn't meant for them Exactly. or they they got to figure out how they can use this. That space where they kind of want to be and and figure out how they can fit into it, like exactly. where on their terms, right? It's like yes, that's exactly. Yeah, for it.
2: Sure.
1: Okay, Ashley Winstead, are there? I know there's a new project that you're working on that or that you're almost done mm-hmm. working on that. Um, yeah. if you want to talk about it, otherwise, you know, you can you can come back a third time. We can talk yes, about please.
2: it. <laughs> I will always come back to talk to you. That's so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have a thriller coming out in October called Midnight's Darkest Hour. Um, And I'm so excited about it. Um, So I'm doing one thriller and one romance a year for the foreseeable future. Um, And Midnight is just a tiny little taste, kind of opens with a skull being pulled out of the dark swamp in a small town in Louisiana. And this is a town that hasn't seen a homicide in decades. Mm. Um, So no one in town knows who the skull belongs to or how it got there, except for the preacher's daughter. Um, and she believes that she knows exactly who it belongs to because she believes that she put it there. And then many twists in, ensue um, with that with that belief propelling yeah. her forward. Um, so yeah. I, all the like boyfriend is is light and comedic and tender and romantic, and midnight is intense and, <laughs> and murdery and yeah. dark. <laughs> Those are my two
1: different brains. There you go. And hey, you got this one coming out for that that summer feel, the positive yep. summer vibes. And then you got, yep, this one's the next one's for October. Like that's exactly.
2: perfect. Your spooky <laughs> vibes.
1: Awesome. No, I I mean, and I'll gush about that if we, you know, hopefully we can we can talk about that and, you know, closer to October. But um, so, yeah, Ashley said uh, thank you so much. The Boyfriend Candidate comes out on May 9th once again so fun conversation sorry to cut it short i feel like we could go on forever but um oh, yeah you know i definitely i've already read the midnight is the darkest hour so i can also recommend that too but i will oh, you know go we ready we'll be ready for that when it's when it's time to to shout shout out about that too but thank you so
0: much
2: thank you so much megan it is always such a delight to talk to you
0: and there you go. That was Ashley Winston talking about The Boyfriend Candidate. It comes out on May 9th. Check out the show notes for links to find her online and where you can purchase the book. Read my book reviews on nerdcantina.com Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, um, the NerdCantina and Cantina Book Club. If you guys are checking out these books and you are really enjoying them, uh, take some time to go over on Amazon and Goodreads and give them a reading. It really does help help them out. And thank you guys so much for listening.